Hey guys, welcome. We're your hosts, Amy Keeble and Haley Young. Our heart is to encourage you, add joy to your life, and be a small reminder that you're not in this crazy motherhood journey alone. We have each other, and most importantly, we have God every moment, every day. We are super excited to have our very close friend Liz here. I have two children. Uh, and I have a 16 year old also. My name is Liz. I'm married to Josh. I got married when I was just 21. I'm obviously Anna. It has been very easy, apart from about four years of sleep got deprivation. Our little um, so I'm constantly going, I gotta lean hard into Jesus today. The privilege so really, of walking through a number of different life I've seasons with so her. I place so much pressure on myself to be perfect. You need to remember it's just a season. It's a this time. conversation has been so encouraging. Amazing. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And this is our And this is our village. So today's podcast is a little bit different. It's just Amy and I. It's also completely unscripted, which um, (laughs) in saying that, so our other podcast, our guests know the questions we're going to ask them or 90% of them. Sometimes we throw one in there for them. But um, Amy and I were talking in this last week about what pro tips does she have about welcoming a second child into your family? And Amy also has a third child. So um, I just don't need those tips myself. And we got talking and then I thought this would be a good podcast episode. So we have some time and we're going to see how it goes. You can listen to us chat. For those of you that haven't listened before, um, I have a 23-month-old as of like this week. and he turned two at the end of February. Wow. And I'm due with my second boy on March 18. So um, I'm not sure when we're going to release this episode, but it's just around the corner. Mm, that is so crazy that he's almost two. <laughs> and the baby's almost here. Yeah, both are crazy. <laughs> Goodness me. Yes. Yep. And I have a three, actually he's four on Tuesday. Wow. Four-year-old and then a... Uh, two and a half year old boy and then I have a little girl who's 17 months old that's our family Amy knows what she's talking about but <laughs> it's also crazy with three kids so what have you retained in that brain from well that is child? really the question is how my memory is going to be and what I've blocked out because it's been too traumatic <laughs> it is crazy it's not it's yeah it's amazing and crazy mm. so, so beautiful so difficult at the same time Actually, before I ask you any questions, we started play group this last week, oh, and yeah. there were two mums that had two-year-olds with newborns there as mm. well. And um, I overheard them chatting, like as saying that it had been hard. Um, and then one of them asked me when I was due, like separate mm-hmm. to their conversation, maybe half an hour <laughs> later. And I asked, "How's it been?" And she painted a much rosier because I know you don't want to scare people. It's no, like, no. Everyone's just going to take it as it comes. Yeah. Um, but I think it is good to chat about the real stuff that absolutely will be challenging. But of course, I hadn't even, I hadn't met this lady before, so she wasn't going to scar me on our first <laughs> meeting. <laughs> nice to meet you, and it is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I think it's that's a balance that I've had the whole way across, even when I was pregnant with Charlie for the first time. When mm. I was pregnant for the first time with Charlie, I should say he hasn't been born twice. Um, <laughs> I like you want to be real with people because there are tough times, but the tough times they are really hard 
and overwhelming, but they are always underpinned by this like amazing love that you have for the kids. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, it's really hard. And if you were someone who didn't have children or you didn't have multiple kids or whatever, you'd probably listen to it and be like, Oh my goodness. But you can't explain the side of it. That's like, but it's so rewarding and you love it. Like you can say it's so rewarding and I love it, but that doesn't sink in because you have to kind of experience it. So it is a bit of a balance, I think, to not over dampen what you're saying. Yeah. And the tough times in the moment can be really hard, Mm. but often they are just moments or just the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you talk about it while you're in it, it can come across as, the worst thing ever which it mm-hmm. may feel like mm, at the time yeah but seasons pass they do one thing which I don't know if you remember this like the last few weeks I thought oh my gosh I'm on an emotional roller coaster mm. like what is going on I don't remember this with Parker's pregnancy and um chatting to a few pregnant friends with their second this mm-hmm. last week um I've said physically when they've asked how I'm feeling I'm like physically I'm feeling good but emotionally whoa and yeah. they're like yes because all of a sudden you're dealing with a toddler's emotions as well, which can bring out um, your emotions, challenging <laughs> things for yourself. <laughs> yep. Um, they often don't sleep perfectly every night. So then you're dealing with more sleep deprivation than you already would in, in, in at any stage of pregnancy. Um, so it is so much more emotional. Did you find that? with Hunter's pregnancy and how did that then go into him actually being here? Yeah, I, so Charlie was actually a really good sleeper. He was like an insanely good sleeper when I did not appreciate it as much as I should have. <laughs> but um, so in terms of the you sleep, be different. <laughs> yeah, well, and then the thing is too, on the nights that he didn't sleep well randomly, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. So it's like your experience <laughs> is your experience. But I, yeah. I, um, like the sleeplessness wasn't the bigger issue for me. I think what was a huge emotional thing was I just kept looking at him at the end and being like, I'm ruining your life. Like I'm bringing another child in and you're going to have to share me. And it's like a really strange emotional thing. And that is probably what I remember most distinctly about um, the pregnancy with Hunter. Now the pregnancy with Ellie, when I had Hunter as a toddler, that was, that was, a much more challenging time because he's a much more verbal, um, strong-willed toddler and he did not mm-hmm. sleep as well. And so, yes, it was just like you're wrangling your toddler and you're wrangling your body. You're trying to like survive with this baby that's growing inside you and you're exhausted, but you don't have the chance to sleep like you would have with your first. You couldn't just lie on the couch all day sleeping like you could mm-hmm. when you're pregnant. Well, not that everyone can do that when they're pregnant with their first, but you've got a lot more flexibility that way. Yeah. You can't have a sleep. You can get home from work and often just lay there. Exactly. Yeah. Someone else can make you dinner. You can wake up later if you need to, like you can make those decisions, but when you've got mm-hmm. another kid, you can't have that flexibility. So you're, I just found myself so impatient and so exhausted by the time I got there. But I don't think I, I think there's some magical thing that just seemed to happen, at least for me, when I had the baby that all of a sudden, even though I was exhausted with tiredness, like I wasn't sleeping well because of newborn life, it's like a refresh in terms of like the emotions and stuff. And so it wasn't, I didn't necessarily carry that huge emotional time into the next baby because it felt like a bit of a refresh and I don't even know why. Um, It definitely had its own emotional things that came up after that. But those things, it wasn't like, 
I think I was scared when I was pregnant with Ellie that I was like, I'm not in a great place right now. I'm not going to be in a great place when she's born, but there's just something that's like transformational when a new baby's there and you're like, wow, we're all resetting and we're a new family and it functions differently. But yeah. So how did you find that the emotion of um, thinking like I'm ruining Charlie's life by having another mm-hmm. child? Cause I definitely, I'm like, how is Parker going to cope with yeah. me being able to respond as quickly or, um, just not having the same amount of attention and mm. love it. Feel mm-hmm. Like how did then that play out when you had two kids and what yeah. are your tips from that? Share them all. <laughs> Learn from me, Haley. Oh my expertise. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> it was definitely um it was definitely a scary thing going into it. And I I think because we just had this very it wasn't always easy, but it just felt like a very fun, you know one toddler child life and and he had his parents whenever he wanted them and he was like our the cutest thing ever and I just thought like oh we're gonna like exploit his life in a couple weeks and I I talked to a couple people about it um and I did the same when I was pregnant with Ellie as well and I was like I don't know how do I you know make my toddler still feel special and what I realized was interestingly the toddler the toddler gets less attention obviously because a new baby's on the scene so and especially when you're feeding in those first couple months and it's just like constant there's definitely an adjustment in how they interact with us but you're actually enriching their life because you're bringing in a sibling to their life which is such a gift also the fact that they're they're quite young they won't actually remember as maybe sad as it sounds as well but it's not like they're going to be like you know, three months, four months from now, they're not going to be like back in those days when mom and dad loved me the most. And now there's a child. They actually adapt so quickly. And I mean, I love seeing Parker, how affectionate he's been um, Mm -hmm. with little kids. I just love that. And I think he's going to just adore having a sibling. But from your perspective as a mom, it's really hard because you feel like you're changing things for him. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's all positive. I mean, it's going to be tough things, but it's a positive change from the kid's perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's hard for us to feel that. So I think I just, yeah, I remember when I was pregnant with Ellie, I was quite worried about Hunter because he was only 14 months when she was born and he had only ever shared us with Charlie. Um, Like he had never really had his own space. And I was a bit concerned that when we had another baby, he would just get overlooked again. And I remember putting it out on on our um, Facebook page for mums. I was like, how do you manage this? And a couple of people just wrote back and said, you might not get the same amount of time with each child, but it's actually such a beautiful thing and they get time with each other. So it's not a matter of you having to maintain the same level of like attention for the kid. It's actually just a different type of dynamic, but it's not, it's not lesser, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, which I've said this to you before, I think like it's actually the, the baby that gets less attention than the toddler half the time because the yeah. toddler needs you a lot of the time. It moves around and can do whatever it wants the baby just stays in one place. So you can very easily put it in its bed or lie on a mat on the floor or whatever, and then go help the baby. And I actually found my babies were the ones that I would have to probably compromise on how quickly I could react to them. Obviously if it was urgent, I would, but yeah. So the toddler is actually not the one that tends to miss out most of the time. Yeah. That's a great point. It's hard to visualize how it will work. Yeah. Like I hear it and think, oh yeah. And then I'm like, but how? But how? Yeah. <laughs> One of those things that you just got to wait and find your groove and mm-hmm. see them adapt. Um, I don't know if we should post this photo, but I have told Amy how Parker's just been um, 
like picking up a baby doll at mm. home and um, rocking it in his arms and shushing it because we so shushing it is that the right yeah. word? But going, um, because we were with our in-laws over Christmas, staying with um, my sister-in-law and mm. her newborn, and Parker saw um, Chayton being mm. put to sleep like that or being comforted. But um, I took the funniest photo. We actually put the doll in a sleep sack like I love to drink because I pulled out all the baby clothes I need to wash this week and Parker's got it <laughs> but the doll we have is missing one eye because my oh. mum dog <laughs> got to it oh and, no um, it's the funniest <laughs> photo and Parker keeps pointing to its eye all the time I said Parker sometimes we don't have all our body parts that's but a we're, very good lesson like, perfectly fine mm. um, it's just missing an eye but I almost put the photo on Instagram the other day and every person that sees this doll though is <laughs> the front <laughs> when we post this episode maybe then <laughs> you'll put that up <laughs> oh that would be so funny Even if people don't listen they won't understand I have no idea <laughs> it was really cute that is awesome yeah I love that he does and he'll so be affectionate with the baby he's gonna love it yeah it'll be there definitely will be hard times I mean that's the same with everything in life really isn't it isn't it it's all well, and even just life as a toddler is hard absolutely I think adds to my emotions about it I'm like he didn't cope this morning when Ben took off his sleeping bag when he wasn't ready <laughs> like, yeah. because he's a toddler yeah and then it's like then I'm not even going to be able to respond immediately sometimes um but I I have to look at it as well and think it's the way that God designed it. Yeah. Designed it. Like mm. it just, I guess all happens at once. So maybe it speeds up their development in some ways. Mm. Um, maybe it enhances. Definitely teaches them different things and, and from a different, slightly different perspective. And I think the biggest thing I've learned only going through it, not like researching, but going through and looking backwards, I think like, it's amazing how, God stretches you for each season and you like beforehand, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but then you just Mm. do. And we're very resilient people. And sometimes it's, you know, we have harder times with it and sometimes it's smoother. So it's not going to look the same for everyone, but you just stretch as you go. And so like your ability to toddle, to um, parent a toddler and a baby is going to just develop. And it's going to be one of those things. that's like, I don't know how this is happening, but it just does because it's how God leads us. It's how we're built. And you have to. You have two babies. You have to learn how to do that. So I was talking to our friend Kate um, mm. on Sunday at church, and we have Kate on the podcast mm-hmm. in the next few months, um, and was emotional. She asked me how I was. I said, I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> um, and in particular, just making some changes to our breastfeeding um, yeah. relationship at the moment, Parker and I. and she sent me a message a few days later which was very encouraging just saying like sometimes it's easy to search for the right answers in what would be best for my toddler what would be best for my baby and she said she got to a point which maybe she'll talk about this when we have her on Mm. um that she just had to shut down all the other information only talk to people that she trusted and knew Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then just pray like crazy and ask God to lead her and she's like God God knows it all yeah he does he's got you guys um, and it's so easy to get distracted by all the expert opinions, which yep. can be really helpful yeah. at times. Um, but it was a really good reminder mm-hmm. to take it to God more than 
take it to Google. Like, yes, that's a that's actually a really good quote. Absolutely, because yeah. there's there's you can get drowned out in all the information that there is, and I think one of the biggest things that I feel passionately about and have wrestled with myself is this feeling as a mum that you have to do everything right. Like it has to even even in your parenting, like you have to sleep train them right or don't sleep train them right you have to feed them right you have to like potty train them right like you have to pick the right school and you have to keep your house right and you have to discipline right and you have to all these things right and what right is in this situation is really hard because there are so many different voices and opinions and google is an amazing gift but it also can become a trap because you can just get stuck in a rabbit hole trying to figure out and not even Google necessarily, like even just your networks of people, like the, there are people that are going to have different opinions to you and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's not going to be helpful to you, it can just become so overwhelming to try and navigate yeah. through all of that. I find it quite, quite disabling. Like I feel like I, I get stuck if I'm like trying to figure out what the best thing is and I'm trying to do whatever all these opinions are saying, I actually get stuck and I do nothing, which is not very helpful either. So yeah. I love that she said that. I think that's really helpful. Just the people that you trust, you know, the people that you trust, the people that you resonate with. And you also know you're never going to do it exactly the same as someone else. Um, So it's a filter of just what works for you and your family, but limiting who has the, who is able to speak into those places, limiting Mm -hmm. it well um, is probably a very healthy step. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, How did you find that you stay like, did you stay connected with people well? Did you not? Mm. Um, was that hard? How did you ask for help from your family? Mm. Was that even a possibility? Um, how was community after having a second baby? Because even as simple as this sounds, but everyone with two kids will know this, apparently to go into a cafe and get a coffee, easy. One hand mm-hmm. for my child, one hand for my coffee, easy. <laughs> having two kids and getting going in and getting a coffee, that's feels so overwhelming and Amy often goes through drive-through coffee places uh-huh. and at first I was like why is she going to Macca's for coffee because you don't have to get out of the car so even stuff like that um as that's going and seeing people mm. like our local cafe um that will all change mm-hmm. I feel like everything's gonna change but yeah. in a good way yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's, I, so I personally, I would take Charlie out a little bit. So I'd go like shopping and stuff with him a little bit. I would take him to people's houses until he became that kind of toddler that just like got into everything. Then I found it, I found it quite stressful. Um, only because I was worried for the other people and the other people would always be like, it's totally fine. But in my mind, I was like, I know, but it's not. And so things like that were, they were definitely easier with just the one kid. And when Hunter came along, I actually just, and this is probably not the healthiest reaction, but I just kind of stopped going places. I remember the first time I took them to the shopping center, I felt so accomplished, but I was in there for like 10 minutes and it was stressful. As, <laughs> it's but, still a step getting there, getting exactly well, in the car, out of the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I definitely, I definitely did that a lot more. So I, I did it a lot with Charlie I did it a little bit less with Hunter, but then you get used to it and you get your rhythm, um, like things like putting them in the pram or whatever. And it's different. It was different for me because Charlie was still quite young. So he was 17 months. Um, so he was always in a pram anyway. And then we probably kept him. We just adjusted things. So where someone might not put their kid in a pram for something, 
we kept Charlie in the pram a little bit longer because it was just chaotic to try and have him yeah. running around and Hunter. Um, and so I just adjusted to not doing, not thinking I could do things as quickly or randomly as I could with Charlie and just my expectations on a day, like, cause I find the hardest thing is when I'm expecting it to be an amazing time and then it ends up being super stressful. That's been always the hardest thing. So I've just had to adjust my expectations as I've gone. So instead of being like, we'll have such a fun time at the shops, I was like, we'll get what we need at the shops and it should be good. But if it's hard, that's fine. And, mm-hmm. and that made it much easier and it became a thing I could do, but, but I just, I just learned what was going to be workable for me, not just workable. Cause you can make anything work necess- like pretty much. Um, but some things were not worth the stress that it caused on me and the kids. And so I just figured out what was workable for me. And I learned how to communicate that to people that wanted to meet at a cafe or people that wanted to go to certain places. And I was like, I really can't go there. Can we go to the shopping center instead where I can just walk around? So just adjusted those things to fit what would work for us. I also, like you said, drive-throughs became my best friend with those Mm -hmm. two. And I would just, I would just spend a lot of time in the car. I spent a lot of time. They loved being in the car. They would sleep in the car. I'd often time it for their naps and I'd Mm -hmm. just go for a big long drive and I'd have me time. I'd listen to my podcast. I'd go get a coffee Sometimes I get them a piece of banana bread or something as a treat if I needed to. But otherwise I would just have that time where they were safe. I knew they were safe. I could get out of the house. I could have some me time, but I didn't have to go anywhere particular or do anything to trying. So I figured out what was really relaxing for me. It's definitely been harder with Ellie because now there's three children to try and get into, into and out of the pram is one of the hardest things, but you get your rhythm. It's just like, at first you're like, ah, and into and out of the house is another thing. It's like, how do I yeah. take them all in and out of the house? Um, but yes. And I mean, we've had the benefit of benefit and I guess hardship of COVID with her for most of the time. So we haven't actually had, you know, that many opportunities to go mm. out as a family. And now she's not super fond of the car. So she hasn't spent much time in it. So she doesn't love that sort of thing, but we, you just adjust each baby. And um, in terms of social stuff, I, I found that whoever was, kind of in a similar stage of life I would gel with more because not because they I got along with them better necessarily but they understood where I was at um and so it wasn't quite as I guess I didn't feel like I was disappointing them all the time if I was like oh I can't go to cafe I can't go to cafe and I just had to learn how to adjust yeah like I said adjust how I speak to the person that's that I'm catching up with and like if I can't do something just name it for I can't I really can't do it that way can I do it this way instead because otherwise I ended up feeling really overwhelmed by like letting them down letting the kids down being cranky being distracted whatever it looked like um and the community side of things church was really good um church was the biggest community thing and I think the awesome thing about church for us at least and I'm sure this is the case with many people is there's like a whole family of people that want to help look after your kids when you're there and that's that's really awesome we started going to night services because there's no kids like there's almost no kids there only maybe a couple other families and so it was just a bit more manageable and there were more people to help and it was just a little bit more relaxed um that was like my biggest social engagement and community engagement so definitely tapping into your church family or your bible study family or whatever it is that wants to help you that was a huge thing and at least you know if you've had a unsocial week or 
a mm. bad week, at least you can go out. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. You've got that thing. Yeah. yeah. And something I realized actually with Parker, which I had friends that didn't do this and we were lucky we only live a few minutes from church. So it wasn't um, a whole lot of effort. But I was mm. like, if I'm going to be 45 minutes or even an hour late, it's okay because at least I get to talk to people at the end of the yes. service. Yes. Um, and as long as he's settled. But if he was sleeping or we just weren't getting ready in time and Ben um, pretty much serves every Sunday, so he mm. would always be there early. So it would be like other than those first few weeks that he took off, it would just be Parker and I. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm still going to go, even if I get yep. the last song. Yep. And then a chat with one person. It, for it's me, it. it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I had one friend say, like, I wouldn't be doing that. I was like, yeah, but you've got to work out what what you need, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. ideally, I wanted to be here for the whole service, <laughs> but it didn't work. Yeah. And I feel like that will be a similar thing this yes. time around. Yeah. I also found specifically with church, with Char- I mean, it happened with Charlie and it just happened a little bit more with Hunter and even more with Ellie. Like we just could, I just had to adjust my expectations for how engaged I could be with the actual service um, because yeah. I really couldn't. We didn't have um, kids church that was, that incorporated younger kids than two. So we had them with us all the time. And I was just like, no, I can't. I almost never heard a sermon. Very rarely got to actually sing and enjoy the time because I was just chasing them. But the the emotional social connection was so much worth it that we I was just like we were the same we would always be late had to adjust to just being like it's all right we're late and it's funny too because when I was younger and didn't have kids <laughs> I used to look at those people and be like it's really sad how families <laughs> on their church because of their kids <laughs> and I just you had don't no know idea. what you don't I know have no idea <laughs> you just yeah you just have to make it work for whatever suits you guys and that means you can still engage with your community so mm-hmm. yep it's an adjustment and you guys still did bible study which I'm impressed by that because we pretty much stopped mm. um when we had Parker like we haven't been involved in a a small group study bible study small group together mm. um that for me was overwhelming being out at night I guess and like I had Parker like I held Parker when he would sleep most of the time. But I think being unpredictable at night, that was mm. like a no-go for me. So yeah. I get how some people like, well, no, church is too overwhelming um, mm. in this season. But it, I do find it helps just staying connected and yeah. seeing people weekly. I think because you'll be so, you'll feel so isolated at times and that's just one of the traps of motherhood I feel like we just feel really isolated and even the way that our western world works compared to what traditional family slash village situations where where everybody was around each other we are very isolated so um I think it's really important to maintain the connection without you know stressing yourselves out so much but maintain it how it works for you so you can feel connected and the only way we made the bible study work was we were in a Bible study with people that did not have kids. So they came to us. Like that's how, that's the only way it would work because, and and then we, we ended up being in a Bible study with multiple people with children. And that would became automatically so confusing and complicated to try to find a time. I think we started doing Saturday mornings for a little while. So it was, everybody was there. Kids were there, just had breakfast sort of thing. It is chaos and 
sometimes felt like it wasn't worth it, but it was also really lovely to have that connection still. So you just find what works for you and it's going to look different for every person. One thing my parents um, always said was on the weeks that you are like free to go to church, like obviously if you have other commitments or things come up, you can't go, but just make a commitment to be there because they said in the early family years, they saw lots of friends stop coming because it was hard and they had the intention to make it work when things got easier with the kids and it just never um, happened again for most of those families and they said it was um, really sad for them Mm. to see a lot of their friends fall away from church and that doesn't necessarily mean they fall away from their faith but in some cases it does Mm. mean that and um, they said they didn't realise at the time, like they verbalised that commitment um, Mm. to each other to always be at church when they could be um, and they didn't realise until now looking back how important that yeah. actually was yeah and I don't want anyone to hear that and feel, feel guilty no. um, but no, it's I think it's um I think there's huge value in what your parents did and said and I think yeah not to make anybody feel guilty because it's not it's not that you've let anybody down if you're the one that's that's in that place where you feel like you can't actually go to church and everyone does what suits them but it's just a sad loss of that community engagement. Um, and it is, we had the same, we had the benefit of Blair being a pastor. So he had to be there every week. And so it, that just forced us to go. And it just became a, a thing that we just knew we were going to be at church. And I'm really appreciative of that because I know that I would have struggled and I did struggle having to go every week. I was like, Oh, this is just a lot, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that we pushed through because, um, it meant that we were able to engage with that community regularly, even on, you know, Obviously, things would come up, but even on the hard weeks, it was nice to have that connection. And it can feel like a big um, commitment to make, but it's kind of worth it in the long run, I think. Yeah. But as yeah, like we said, everybody's situation looks different, and it's easy to say that without knowing the details. But it's not always easy to put that in place, I guess. And um, did you and Blair work out anything? I guess everything's unique to couples and their work, but yeah. Um, we asked, I asked our other friend Liz on Marco Polo this week, any tips and um, what worked for her with her second baby just isn't going to work for us. Um, mm. Her husband could stay up a little bit later and mm. have the baby out with him where then once he goes back to work, that's um, just not going to be a doable thing. Mm. So I guess it does really depend on your dynamic. Yeah. But, was there anything that you think is universal? We had Blair home for two weeks after the babies. And then I, because I had cesareans, I ended up usually having my mom and then his mom helping for the rest of the six weeks. Cause I just couldn't drive. Um, and the first, so we would say the first two weeks when you're in charge of the other baby, <laughs> other kid. So if the other kid wakes up in the middle of the night, he had to go get the baby. Um, and then I would be feeding the newborn because I needed to feed the newborn. And then when we started, we had obviously some feeding issues, which I've spoken about on here before, I think. But um, Mm -hmm. when I started pumping or doing formula, then he would engage with that too. So he would take one feed a night or something like that. And we just adjusted it as he went. But when he went back to work, it was, he's also not a great sleeper. So if if he's woken up, he struggles to go back to sleep. So when he went back to work, we changed it. And it was mainly me. He would still go go into Charlie or Hunter, 
if they woke up. But with the newborn, I, I took all the regular feeds and just let him sleep after a while because it was never helpful to have us both sleep deprived the next day either. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just, it just would make it, you know, it just compounded on itself. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. Just each couple has a different dynamic and some people, some dads are really good at waking up and going straight back to sleep. So it doesn't, it doesn't throw them to pick up the kid bring them to the mum or something like that. Ben's or, really good at going back to sleep. He's not good at the waking up. <laughs> and some people don't wake up well. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's got different things that they're navigating and you kind of just have to find a rhythm. I think a big thing is I struggled with feeling guilty for asking Blair to do things. And then I had, he didn't put that on me. I just felt guilty. So I would be like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. But, but it's not all on you. Like it is not just your child and it's not all on you. And so it is okay to ask for and expect that they're going to have to adjust what they're doing and adjust the dynamic of how that works for whatever it looks like for you guys. Um, and that's just a conversation you have to have with your partner, but it's definitely it's such a, it's such a rush in the first couple of weeks. It's such an overwhelming time. It's definitely going to look, it's going to have to look different to how it's probably looked in recent months with just, with just the one. Um, because you can't do everything and if you do you'll end up pushing yourself too far whether that's getting help from family members during the day um, or adjusting how you guys do things at nighttime or both or whatever that looks like getting meals from people it's hard to ask for help but it's so much worse when you've pushed yourself to the point where you can't function properly and no one no one benefits when you're in that place so it's better for everybody if you are able to put things in place earlier and just adjust how you need it to be adjusted yeah easier said than done but important no but good tip uh thank you for sharing all of that with me and everyone <laughs> i definitely don't feel um like the expert that i should be in this place but i do have life experience with them so i'm glad Absolutely. to share hopefully it can Absolutely. help someone and if not that's totally fine and um, if you can hear Amy's kids in the background, oh, yeah. they are playing with their dad. But mm -hmm. we were going to record together in person today because we can mm -hmm. now. And um, Amy's kids have been sick, oh. and it was like, okay, no, but yeah, like gastro sick, right? Yes. Yeah, that was like, okay. no, let's keep our distance. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep this to ourselves. I just wasn't sure mm -hmm. how it was going to play out. They're doing okay right now, but we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. Oh, praying that it stops. Thank you. Yes, that would be much yes. appreciated. The fall of you get sick. Yes. Well, I think we should do this episode again in like six months time after you've had. Oh, and see what I have to say. What you have to say. Yeah. I think that would be so cool. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Mm. All of a sudden I'm thinking I've got to remember stuff. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> it will happen and I'll be able to talk to my experience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope this episode has been enjoyable. It's a little bit different. Maybe mm. we'll do some more stuff like this. I also want to talk to Amy about traveling with kids because oh. she has done multiple international trips with more than one child. Mm. Um, and just going to Queensland this last month on my, well, so I did one flight with Parker on my own mm. and then one back. I'm like, two hours is um, more than enough for <laughs> the toddler. Yep, I, I agree. I was thinking about you so much. Um, That's but so there's funny. some other things I want to pick your brains about that I think people would 
benefit from hearing. So we'll do those in the coming months. Yeah. To hear. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for asking me questions, Haley, and for valuing my opinion. It means a lot. Oh, always. Always. And until next time, this is Our Village. Thank you for joining us today on This Is Our Village. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, and review. And please share it with as many moms as you think might benefit from this community. This is our village, but we'd love it to be your village too.